0: Welcome to the How to Find and Keep a Gay Man podcast. I'm Matt Baes, your host, with Matt Heinker, your co-host. And we're here to provide bitchy wisdom for the gay man looking for love. There are a lot of gay men out there looking for a meaningful love experience, and we are here to help. You can follow How to Find and Keep a Gay Man on Instagram and TikTok, where you'll find all sorts of bitchy wisdom about what it's going to take to find and keep a gay man. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Get ready for prayer time.
1: Oh, my. You got something special, special course. of course. Well,
0: I'll just tell you this. I didn't have anything at the ready that I had written. And, you know, I like my prayer types. Well, yeah. So I sat down thinking, I don't know if I have time to write something new. My fingers started going and I was like, (laughs) the
1: spirit was moving. I can't wait. Mm -hmm.
0: Holy Spirit hovered above her and (laughs) said a message.
1: Oh, my. Well, how was your week, darling?
0: (laughs) Honey, I don't have bad weeks no more. I've decided again it. (laughs)
1: Oh my, give me signed up for that program.
0: I only have good weeks now. I've turned oh. up the smile dial and I'm having a wonderful time. I actually oh. heard that today from somebody. It's turned and up the was, smile dial. And I was like, listen, I'm not for that kind of cliche bullshit, but it did kind of make me laugh. That is pretty, pretty funny. funny. I mean, I've gotten a lot of stuff done this week, but I lost a friend. <clears throat> passed away and it's a guy that i've known for 30 years since college oh my wow. and i was a wreck yesterday because i've oh, known yeah. him for so long and we had so much in common big personality super smart super funny uh mm. just had a way with people yeah you know wow. not mm. to be starting on a downer but listen it was kind of awful to be honest and uh he's definitely from our community. And so it did get me thinking about this because this was a guy who had come out and was living honestly. But what I think people don't often understand is it goes beyond that. It goes beyond being able to accept ourselves because the indoctrination goes so deep that while others around us have maybe accepted us from our chosen family, Mm -hmm. when we know that there are others out there that haven't, we struggle to accept ourselves. And live, you know, in peace and in alignment with who we are. And I think I know that was part of his story where he would say, do you feel shame anymore? And I was like, hell no. And he was like, I still do. And I, I remember being sort of baffled by that, but I get it.
1: Yeah, I think you hit that on the head. I That's exactly what I'm navigating. I would definitely say that I've got an incredible chosen family around me at this point. But when you know that particularly when part of the biological family or people that um, are still connected to you don't approve. It takes a lot of time to release yourself from the disappointment, the shame that can be attached to that. I'm still on my journey to figure out how to completely let go of it. That's a significant thing.
0: And we have to be okay, Matt, knowing that it comes in waves. We can't expect that we're going to rip this out and never. It's just like when somebody dies and we are over the grief of it. But every once in a while, it kicks up a little dust in our lives. And Mm -hmm. we face it, that's okay. But I think sometimes when that, when that shame comes back and shows its face, we feel almost guilty, like, how come I'm not over this?
1: Mm -hmm. I should
0: be over this. Mm -hmm. And we'll never be fully over it, because we're human beings, and we care. So it's not to have it gone from our lives extracted forever it's to learn how to manage it so that it doesn't impact my decision making or Mm -hmm. my life or my values
1: absolutely yeah or a huge affront to your peace any given day you know yeah
0: yeah well good Mm -hmm. god we have gotten right into it haven't we (laughs)
1: This is the last installment in our Pride side hustle this week and this month. It's been fun. Yeah.
0: We started with, it's Pride, bitches. And what are your gay superpowers? That was a really good conversation. Yes. And then we went to, it's still Pride, bitches. And we (laughs) talked about- Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Ooh. Yes. And then today, the cherry on top is a
1: lovely discussion on chosen family.
0: Yeah. Uh, we talked about the religious thing, which we're going to get to at some point. I mean, we are two gay theologians in the religious oh. department. Yes, sir. We might have to do like a six-month series on that at some point <laughs> for the children because so many have faced it. We decided to go Chosen Family, and I'm glad we did. Absolutely. I know you've got your reports there and your spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes,
1: Becky, you and Chris are part of my chosen family.
0: You already know. 100%. And if we're not in your book, we are anyway. We, <laughs> don't really, care, we really don't care if you want us. <laughs> we're it's there. It's home.
1: Yes. Wikipedia says a chosen family is a family of choice, found family or kin, referring to non-biologically related groups of people established to provide ongoing social support. Unlike a family of origin. A family of choice is based on chosen bonds, not biological ones. Families of choice are most common within the LGBTQ plus community. And it refers to people in your life that satisfy the typical role of a family support system. And it's beautiful. And then they've got some stats attached to it that were kind of interesting. One third of Americans took time off work last year to care for a person who is not a blood relative. And in New York, L.A., and Chicago, the three largest cities in the U.S., They have all recently passed legislation that give people the legal right to leave work to care for sick loved ones who are not biologically related. I think that's really interesting. You know, so I think culturally we're starting to understand the importance of chosen family, which is refreshing.
0: Yeah. Along with that definition, I also read much about, which I hadn't really considered before, that a chosen family is not necessarily a replacement for a biological family. I think in the LGBT community, it can be or not be uh, that chosen family. You don't need the absence of a biological one. And then it goes on to give like examples like a single parent with one child can form close relationships with others and choose to spend holidays and important days with each other or whatever somebody who's grown up without a dad, you know, and have some form of a mentor in their life that acts as that sort of paternal support. That can be chosen family as well. But I think mostly what we're talking about is people who have struggled to have family members who can surround them with love and support, acceptance and all of the things that we are supposed to get from family.
1: Because not the majority, but a big chunk of us still struggle with that. So the last stat I'm going to share is kind of along those lines. Vice.com says 39% of LGBTQ plus adults have experienced rejection from family members Um, and 40% of homeless youth identify as queer. So despite enjoying more rights and visibility than ever before, you know, there's still outrageous amounts of homophobia and rejection that we still face. With that said, 39% is lower than I would have expected. I think that's probably lowered in recent years, which is also encouraging.
0: And just because you still have a relationship with them doesn't mean that you're out in the open. With them, they may know you're gay and living gay, but they're not really sharing that part of your life. There are still plenty of people who we just don't talk about it.
1: Yes, yes, you yes. you know what I'm
0: saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or bring Ty around; he's wonderful. We'll have cake and smile, but we don't want to talk about your life. Is <laughs> my in my to my experience. So that yeah. really opens up the need for us to have people around us that we can actually really do life with that fully support us, that love us unconditionally, and that we can just be ourselves around. I um, have really, really got so much life from just from building a chosen family in recent years. There's so much to say on this topic. I've been struggling to like laser my thoughts. Like I can't even believe how much more fun it is to have primarily gay friends now because the hetero dinner parties were killing me just as much as anything else. Like, do you think back and like really remember how hard you'd have to work to fit in and mostly hetero spaces or in hetero couples events. It was painful. It was boring. It was draining. And like, I don't have to really do that very much at all anymore, except for professionally on occasion. And I'm just so thankful for that. But even professionally, like, you know, this week's a good example. I had a launch event for BKS Indy's office and we rented the whole second floor Of St. Elmo's downtown. I was working on it for six weeks. Long story short, it was this massive turnout. It was a slam dunk. And I was there and everyone there knew that I was a gay man and Ty was there. And so here I'm out and proud, living my best life, not hiding anymore. And um, not only did I not, I felt totally comfortable in that space. People that I would say are part of my chosen family also showed up for the event. And we're like, we're so proud of you. You've come so far. I don't know. It was this really incredible kind of full circle moment. And I was conscious of how much lighter I am now that I mostly get to spend time around people that I authentically connect with and I have to fold myself in half to fit in spaces that I don't really belong yeah. in. Yeah. I don't know if we can even use any of that, but I, that, No, yeah. I
0: think. A lot of people have felt that before, that we're trying to live a straight life. Not everybody was like us where they were married before, Mm -hmm. but I definitely have always sort of had those experiences around men, you know, where just wasn't into the same things. And I was always seen a little bit more as a court jester, you know, like I was having fun and the life, but I always felt a little off. And then you do that for as many years as I did it. You separate yourself from that, come out, and you end up in gay circles. And while, you know, there's that sort of come on in the water's fine thing, there's also even there some like, now I feel like I don't fit here because you don't know all the, I don't feel like that anymore. Yeah. It took a while, but for a while, you're just, you feel displaced almost. Totally. Yeah. You know, and so... Finding chosen family was really important, and that I not just choose the first people that came along. I mm-hmm. wanted people that I found alignment with, that were living the kind of life that I wanted to live, and not just the first Tom Dick or Harry that came around. <laughs> yeah, and i I found that. And some of those people are queer, and some of them aren't. yeah, I have a few people that are wonderful allies. That have become mm-hmm. like chosen family to me. But then every time I'm around you and Ty. I mean, Chris and I always leave. I'm like, I wish they would just move here. Like <laughs> we can yeah. just hang out all the time. It would be fun. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 So, we'll see.
1: You never know.
0: Yeah. I I'm curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something now, uh, because I'm thinking about chosen family for young people. Sure. And I think probably because I'm a parent, I think about this, but I think it's important for younger people to have older, uh, wiser role models who've experienced more life. And here's why. So that there's accountability in their lives. It's not good, in my opinion, to have people who only agree with how you're living. And I'm not talking just about sexuality. I'm talking about having people who challenge us about relationships, love, love, partying, using substances. sure uh, Because you can surround yourself with chosen family of everybody that's just like you, and even at the same age, and in some ways, even remain in a perpetual state of adolescence. Thoughts.
1: (laughs) Oh, my. No, I mean, thoughts. I mean, there's so many thoughts. I uh, this is not meant to be judgmental in any way, but oh, we're it's, bitchy it,
0: wisdom, baby, I know, bitchy but, wisdom for the gay man looking for love.
1: And we've talked about this a little bit in previous podcasts. But step one, wow, it's amazing to be around gay people and just be able to breathe. And you automatically yes. have all this stuff in common. The second part is uh, half of you are still a train wreck or seem like you are or you're not fully supportive of us because there's catty energy. We've talked about this a lot. So to your point, I think that you really have to take a lot, take some time to make sure that the chosen family you're building are life-giving, supportive, unconditionally love you and good influence. I love what you just said about being connected to people that have lived more life than you. You and Chris are not that much older than Ty and I, but you are just enough that, I mean, I get a lot of support and wisdom from your counsel. And I think that I think everybody needs people like that within their chosen family circle as well. It's people that can help lift you up, hold you accountable maybe in any times when you're not doing your best or where they see patterns in your life that might seem destructive. You trust them enough to care for you in conversations around those things. And that's only with people that really are for you. And I think it takes time to collect those people. When you find them, hold on to them and give back just as much as they're given to you.
0: Yeah, because accountability is, in my life, that has been a number one way that I've grown, is by somebody saying, "Mm, have you thought about it this way? I just think it's great to have somebody who, if they're a decade above you, they've had a decade more experience of, they've Mm -hmm. lived some things that you haven't, Mm -hmm. having somebody who can sort of call you on your bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just young, I'm just having fun, you know, and you're in the clubs constantly, for somebody to say, look, you're 27 though. Mm-hmm. And what I see is stunted growth. Love you, you know, <laughs> but I, I want to see you be a, like, that's what I'm saying, of having some mm-hmm. of that accountability in your life mm-hmm. uh, so that you're not just surrounded with. I think we've made that point. Sure. Uh, also, and one thing I didn't think about the medical side. Did you read stuff about that?
1: I did. Share what you have.
0: That people who aren't getting uh, health care, that there are plenty of people in the LGBTQ plus community that aren't getting health care because they don't have anyone to accompany them to more serious appointments. Mm-hmm. Like if they're having top surgery or if there are sensitive gender identity issues that they're dealing with, or they don't have an emergency contact, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get one. And this is why it's important that our chosen family not just be peers especially if we're young, but include people who are older and wiser than we are. Yeah. And how can
1: you build your own chosen family? Like, I think a lot of people um, feel isolated. A lot of people might struggle in our community and say, I don't really have like a, a visible circle around me that I would call chosen family. How can I move in a direction where I build one for myself? Healthline.com says, how can you build your own chosen family? Start by asking yourself." What can I do to better show up for the people in my life who I care about? Um and okay. then show okay. And then show up for those people in meaningful
0: ways. Uh, what they is say, that resource? Healthline.com. Healthline.com was like ask not what people can do for you, but ask what you can do for people if you want chosen family. Honey, start by asking what you can do. Okay having a chosen
1: family isn't just about how others take care of you it's how you take care of others by giving to your loved ones in these ways you establish an ethic of care that has the potential to develop into a chosen family kind of care so it starts with us when we were looking to build that in our life when that's a priority i love that and if when you look around at your life you realize that you don't have people yet that you care about in those ways the first step is to find them and identify who you think those will be to you and you take the first step to connect with them in ways that are going to be helpful. I love it.
0: I really love that. One of the things I'm grateful for as a person of recovery is the experience that I've had in the rooms of recovery, because I would be sitting in a room full of people who are, Anywhere from eighty down to sixteen, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing yeah. not just people that are your age, are people that you may not connect with at a deeper level. But those recovery rooms—that's what it is. Talking open and honest about your life, you get to share space with people like that and develop those kind of friendships. And for me personally, while I was coming out, going through my divorce, owning my sexuality for the first time, I had a person, Kevin, who was in my life from those rooms that. Honestly, I don't know what I would have done without him. I would have handled so many situations differently Mm -hmm. because I'm a pull the trigger person. And he was always like, wait, there's no rush. Wait, Mm -hmm. you know, and saved me, I think, a shitload of trouble. Really?
1: Wow. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That perfectly goes into their second point. It says, how do we do this? By putting yourself in positions to meet people who may have similar interests, beliefs, beliefs, life experience or desires as you. So you were putting yourself in a category of people that had shared a very specific journey and that just naturally connected you. I love that. Mm -hmm. And it says, so join those, look for those opportunities, then show up and keep showing up.
0: And one of those things, Matt, that I think is so important about when you're in that space, whatever it be, you can join a paint class and find some older Mm -hmm. people. It's not about looking for an LGBT person necessarily. It is watching for a person that lives in a way that you think, I want their life. I want to live like that. They seem to have so much peace or they seem to not lose their shit or, you know what I'm saying? That's Mm. a person that I would like my life to be like. So it's like sort of living with the winners.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Mm -hmm. I don't want a train wreck of a person to be my chosen family. I might help them, but this is not the person I'm going to, to get relationship advice. Yeah, of course. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think those, your chosen family ideally feel like gifts. They feel like safe spaces, trees of trust.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we can hit personally share why each of us needed a chosen family and why that's important for us.
1: I think that for me... When I came out, it was evident to me very quickly that I was going to need a chosen family because I was um, invincible Matt, in charge Matt, perfect glittering Matt my entire life. And when I came out, um, for a lot of reasons, that's just not who I was anymore. And it was devastating to my family. They really did not know how to experience me as who I really am. And that, as we've heard along the line, as we've recorded this podcast over the past several months, as I've gone through you know, getting married and, and dealing with all of the drama around that, they still are not able to receive me as I am or accept me fully as I am or be comfortable with me as I am. And me living this life that's authentic and true and honest, ironically, at peace and me doing well, they can't see that part very clearly. But I believe that they're trying, but they, they really can't do life with me right now. And many of them are full-blown not safe for me to be around. I never dreamed that I'd be in that position, but I am. So as you say, you don't get that. You know, I've had to mourn the loss of the things that I don't get. And it's been harder than I thought it was going to be, if I'm completely honest. But the beauty, the silver lining and all of that is that over the past several years, Ty and I both, we've been super intentional about just really pouring into the relationships that we have within our chosen family. You, Chris, are a part of that. And we do have a core group of men, of gay men. We don't have we don't have any straights in our chosen family. We're purists. Sorry. But (laughs) we are legitimately in a place where we have unconditional love, support. And when we're physically with any of these people in our chosen family, it's a riot of fun. Doesn't matter what we're doing, you know, and that is such a gift. And because of that, we're going to be okay. We're going to continue to live our best life. And so I know now that I have a chosen family partly out of necessity, but it's also just the deepest, most meaningful gift that enriches our lives. And I I think that everybody in our community needs some form of that. Even if you are still tight with your biological family, there's something about being with your people and living your best life at peace, having fun in support and love with each other, you know.
0: Yeah. I worry about the people who are in rural areas mm-hmm. because the pride events in Indianapolis were amazing. It's like, where yeah. did all these gays come from? You know, all these <laughs> yeah. people. It was wonderful. But I know a lot of those people are coming from areas where you get outside of Indianapolis and it gets messy. Yeah. And uh, people don't have the family or the support. That they need. That's why I'm always like, move, find a way, move someplace where you can find chosen family if that's what you need, because we want you here with us, because nothing will take your ass out like having family not be there for you. And then you don't seem to have anybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, it's been letting go of a lot of people. I was in these large churches that were very conservative and there was a lot of expectation around behavior who you were with uh sexuality so when i left that behind it was very hard for me to give up relationships because i care so much about my friendships Mm -hmm. i mean it's no surprise to you that if i don't hear from you i'm gonna reach out i'm gonna text i'm gonna call i'm gonna facetime that's just how i'm wired Mm -hmm. and so it was hard for me to give those relationships up and they were relationships that absolutely needed to go away because they mm. were not people that were fully supportive of who I am. So there was always an element of he's crazy. <laughs> yes, we love it. We love him. But we- he's a little bit crazy. He's just grieving the loss of his sister or he was abused when he was a child. So now he's gay. I mean, I just had Mm. somebody ask me about that on Facebook the other day. Actually, wrote that in a comment. Super presumptuous and um, super brave. It's a hot mess and trust that I addressed it, as well as 16 of my friends literally went after her. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna (laughs) stay out of this and let them handle it. Now, that's kind of chosen family, chosen friendships for you that (laughs) are like, bitch, I got something to say too, you know? So I had to let go of those relationships, which was very hard for me to do. And I did that with the help of Chosen Family that were saying, why are you hanging on to this relationship? Mm -hmm. What is Mm -hmm. it about this? And I think it's because deep down inside, Matt, I felt like if I didn't have their approval, there was a part of me that couldn't give my own self-approval. Please say that again. If I didn't have their approval, there was a part of me that couldn't give myself approval. Amen.
1: We have to identify that and let it go. You know what I'm saying? Because that is at the root of dealing with the fallout from people that are not
0: for you. And here's the thing. If you don't figure that out, it's not just going to go away. One Mm -hmm. of the saddest stories that I've ever heard unrelated to sexuality is a man who had two children and those two children were beaten down by their father. He never, ever told them he was proud of them or that he loved them. He was on his deathbed. They called in the ambulance. The people are working on him. And his daughter, who's 60 years old, is beating on him saying, tell me you're proud of me. Oh. First time I heard that story, I couldn't breathe yeah. when I heard it because I thought, that's how deep this shit runs with our family. It does. Mm -hmm. It is hard to Mm -hmm. let that go. Mm -hmm. And there's still some of that in my family that I want something different than it is. Mm -hmm. But as we've said, I don't get that, at least not now. I don't know if I will in the future. Mm -hmm. But for right now, I don't get that the way that I want it. So I Mm -hmm. have to find it and replace it with other things. Uh, There's a term called reparenting that many of us can do where we allow, and it doesn't have to be somebody who's 20 years older than you. It can be someone who's male in your life. If your dad is not there for you, if we let go of that expectation of our parent or whoever it is, guardian, that's not giving that to us we open up the pathways to receive it from others. But if we Mm -hmm. don't let go of that expectation, we can't receive it from someone Mm -hmm. else because we're waiting to receive it over here.
1: Where we may never get it, probably won't ever get it.
0: Yes. So so we remain stuck. So on their deathbed, we're pounding on their chest saying, tell me you're proud of me. Mm -mm. When, if we can let that go, there are so many other people that can come into our lives and say. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to this. Why are we wired this way? I know. Why is it so So hard? So I'm thinking of that song that my friend who passed away sent. I'm just so tired of being human. You feel like that sometimes. Yeah. It's exhausting. I know you've been through it the past couple of weeks. Oh, my God.
1: Why does it hurt so bad? Why do I feel so sad? Thought it was over you. That's what Whitney said. And I say it too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) call somebody like me and I say oh get over it (laughs) you don't get that (laughs) that's something I learned from Dr. Drew where he looked at somebody he was like what do you want and they said I just want a dad who loves me and he just I mean you don't get that you don't get that he said it with empathy and just kind of shook Mm -hmm. his head you don't get that and I thought it was possibly one of the most compassionate things I'd ever seen because it's... He's honest. like,
1: listen, you don't get that. Begin the journey of releasing yourself from wanting that, expecting that, clinging for that.
0: Hoping. Hoping. Come around. And the truth is maybe one day it will, but we don't have 10 years to be trying to take somebody's scraps off the table.
1: Listen, honey. You go to brunch with your chosen family, laugh your ass off, sit your bed coochie on the grass, and just enjoy your life.
0: Yes. And sometimes that's not easy. It is not. But letting go of those expectations is something that guess who can help us figure out how to do? Mm. A damn therapist.
1: Oh, my. You might want to get one of those.
0: Yes. We've said it a few times. (laughs) Somebody sent (laughs) me a message recently and said that they've gotten themselves a damn therapist. (gasps) So happy. <gasps> oh my God, that's so cute. Like, yeah. Well, what else we got to talk to the children about? Are we ready for prayer time? Are we?
1: Reverend Silky Nutmeg Ganache, you said at the top of the hour that you had an extra special prayer time for us today. And I have been waiting with bated breath. Please lay it on us. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs>
0: this prayer time is called I Am Sorry. I am sorry that I don't understand how to love you the way that you need to be loved Mm. i'm your parent your mother father grandpa or grandma your brother or sister your best friend from high school college from church you've done something so so brave you've honored yourself by being yourself and then found yourself all alone and i am sorry I am sorry that I don't know in this circumstance what it is to even be sorry. You'd be right to say that I don't have it in me to make the love I have for you about you when all the love I have for you has turned to fear. That's the hard truth. I am afraid and I am sorry. But here is what you don't know. My lack of empathy and compassion for you, my lack of understanding has nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who I am. Trust that my higher self already knows this, while this broken human being before you has yet to figure it out. And perhaps the worst part, I don't know if I will. I don't know if I ever will. And so here is what my higher self wishes for you. Chosen family. You're going to need it. So choose wisely, love. There are people who will be stronger for you than I can be. And I wish their strength, their love, joy, acceptance, their accountability, their hope, and their faith for you. Choose those who love you for who you really are, not for who you once pretended to be. Can you do that? Also, I am wishing you a great and meaningful love with the person who helps complete this beautiful part of you that I don't understand. And when that person loves you right, the way that you need to be loved, here is what I'm going to ask of you. Would you remember me? Would you know that if I could, if I only knew how, I'd be loving you the same way? In a strange way, the way of mystery, the way of fairy tales or of God and the universe, their love is my love, the love I just can't seem to find. Is it bullshit that I can't find it? that I'm too indoctrinated with fear or religion, 100%, you're not wrong for being angry. But please, for yourself, not for me, let the anger go. Because I want freedom in your love apart from the shame that I keep asking you to carry. I want your love, your life, to soar. I haven't been able to add strength to your wings. Oh, I wish I could get there. Maybe one day I will. But know this. At every family gathering without you, every birthday party or holiday in your absence, these will be the words deeply embedded on the unseen part of my heart. I am sorry. Amen. Amen. That shits a lot, isn't it? That was for me. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Get you a chosen family.
0: (laughs) And it's our last weekend of pride. Yes. And it's pride here in Cincinnati this weekend. And I'm going to dress half naked and walk the streets. (laughs) That's my plan. You better. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh, I love the concept of the people in our lives that we want approval from the most. Them even having a desire to give us the love that we need or to love us in the way that we need them to or to fully approve of us. Them being stuck for whatever reason where they are, but maybe in their deepest heart of hearts wanting more. I think that that concept is, is really beautiful and it's probably... Probably very true in most cases, you know? Uh, I don't know where in your consciousness those words came from, but they were so beautiful. and I think that they were comforting. But as we deal with the really hard stuff wrapped up in all of that, I am forever thankful for my chosen family. The future is bright because of the relationships that are there. And everybody listening, if you don't have one, be intentional about building one. and until next time live in rivers of self-love.
0: One, two, three, four. That's it for us today. For more bitchy wisdom, follow How to Find and Keep a Gay Man on Instagram and TikTok at, you guessed it, How to Find and Keep a Gay Man. And until we meet again, get a therapist, don't be an asshole, protect yourself, call your mom, and remember that you deserve a meaningful love. Bye.